And it was like about what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I wanted to be a horse trainer. And I remember getting in a fight with my mom about what I was going to wear because she wanted me to wear a dress and look pretty. And I'm like, Mom, horse trainers don't wear dresses. You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to The Ride, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by Horse and Rider Magazine, co-hosted by Nicole Cherico and Devin Conley. In each episode, we chat with some of the industry's top trainers, clinicians, horsekeeping experts, and professionals to share inspiring stories, training philosophies, and the importance of living your best Western horse life. On this episode of The Ride Podcast, Devin and Nicole sit down and chat with Abby Mixon. Being the daughter of NRHA professional Don Boyd, Abby grew up immersed in the world of reining. After working for top trainers in the industry, and with many wins and victories under her belt, Abby branched out on her own and started Abby Mixon Performance Horses. We chat with her today about balancing a busy life, her show schedule, and training. This episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by Horse Week. Horse Week brought to you by Bowringer Ingelheim is back for its third year, November 5th through 11th, with On Demand starting November 12th. Don't miss a minute of the Horse Week action, including features with Trevor Brazil and Miles Baker, the Budweiser Clydesdales, Dan James, Sabine Shute Carey, Sherry Schwarzenberger, and more. Tune in from the barn, office, or the comfort of your couch. Equine Network is making it easy to watch the week-long celebration from any smart device. Visit Horse Week TV for more information or to watch your favorite features from 2022 and 2021. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Ride. Uh, This is Nicole. I'm here with my co-host, Devin, and today we are sitting down to speak with Abby Mixon. Uh, Abby is a NRHA and NRCHA professional. She has grown up in the horse show circuit. She is the daughter of NRJ professional Don Boyd, and she grew up in the reigning world. She has competed at some of the top events in the country, and um, now we're going to sit down and talk with her and learn a little bit more about her and her riding philosophies and, and everything that she's doing right now. So thank you, Abby, for coming on and speaking with us. We're so excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. So I guess before we get kind of into what you're currently doing and, and your, what your writing program is these days, um, you have a very long history with horses and horse showing and specifically in the reining industry. Um, can you talk a little bit about your upbringing and what it was like showing as a youth rider and having a, a family, you know, who comes from horse training and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so, I mean, my dad always trained, so growing up, I was always in it, pretty much raised in the barn. Um, I loved it. I was always horse crazy. Like, I never had another thought of anything else that I wanted to do other than than training horses. That's awesome. Um, Can you talk a little bit about... Um, kind of your experience growing up and showing, I mean, you've competed, like even as a kid, you were competing at some of the top events uh, as a non-pro before going in as a professional. Can you talk a little bit about that and like what, what you had done as a kid before deciding to go on and, and ride professionally? Yeah. So I started showing when I was eight years old um, in youth classes and I, I completed, competed pretty much just in the youth until I'm trying to remember what year it was. I think maybe 90, no, it maybe it was 2000 or so. Um, but anyways, I did a few, a few non-pro classes and a little maturity. 
Um, and then when I was 15, I got my first maturity horse. And that's when I kind of started competing in the non-pro a little bit more. Um, so I did did some non-pro maturity stuff on him as well as youth. And then um, and then from there, you know, I, I, I would keep some horses back and show them in the non-pro derbies. Um, I had a novice horse that I hauled for a title one year um, and just and just kind of kept rolling from there. That's awesome, especially from such a young age, just getting kind of immersed in that world that I'm, I'm sure part of, you know, part of that is, is uh, what fueled so much of your like passion, right, for this industry and the sport is just being born into it and being raised in it and growing up around it. Were there any other disciplines that you did other than reining that you really uh, found a love for as a youth or later on? Uh, not, not necessarily. So there was a lady, uh, that I was friends with and she, um, she showed eventers and did some dressage and stuff. And there were a couple summers where I messed around with it a little bit and just showed it like a local, like little eventing schooling show on actually an ex rainer that I had. Um, so, so that was a lot of fun. I really loved it, but it, you know, it was almost impossible to do both and I kind of had to pick. So I just, just hung with the reining. Yeah. Those are two very different worlds. Yes. <laughs> to try sure. to combine. Did I mean, you enjoyed it though. Did you like find anything from the eventing world that you could apply to your, your reining discipline at all? Um, I think like pieces and the dressage, you know, just kind of moving body parts and getting them to extend and collect. And, and I, I kind of would apply a little bit that to my rainers and kind of play around with it and see, you know, what would work and, and what wouldn't. Um, some, of, some of that stuff crosses over and some, it's, you know, it's just more specialized for its own discipline. So. I have several friends who are dressage riders and I've definitely picked their brain when it comes to just more, obviously more of the lower level dressage stuff. Uh, you know, not the, not the higher Grand Prix stuff, but it, I've definitely picked their brains on how they get their horses to do the things that they're doing because it, it does translate really well over to just general foundational work. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing the things that they can get their horses to do, just the body mechanics and the movements and the softness. Um, I think it's, it's incredible. So obviously you stuck with the reining. Um, can you talk about what kind of drew you more towards staying in that reining in the Western industry? Obviously now you're spending a lot of time in the cow horse industry, which I think is probably a really easy transition after doing something like reining, um, you know, and then going into the cow horse. But what was it that ultimately had you decide, like, I want to train, I want to ride reining horses, uh, and now cow horses and, and go that route? Uh, I mean, like I say, I don't know that it was ever really a decision. I, I just love training horses so much and riding and showing. Um, the reining world was kind of all that I knew and I was pretty obsessed with it. Um, and, um, so sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, go ahead. Oh, nope. You're good. I was going to say, don't worry about it. We'll cut, we'll, we'll cut it and you can kind of start back where you were, but basically you were just saying that you just love the raining and, and you were obsessed with it and, and, uh, you just wanted to train and ride horses. I don't know if that'll help you kind of. Yeah. So, yeah. So like I say, I had always wanted to train. I remember, um, I mean, like, I think it was preschool or some kind of like daycare type thing. They, um, they had an assembly one time. And it was like about what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I wanted to be a horse trainer. And I remember getting in a fight with my mom 
about what I was going to wear because she wanted me to wear a dress and look pretty. And I'm like, Mom, horse trainers don't wear dresses. So, like, we were kind of going back and forth. And, like, in the end, we just compromised. And she let me hold my spurs while I walked up on stage in a little white dress. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, how can I train horses in a dress? That's right. crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're a preschooler who already knows what you're going to do. And then you end up doing it. I have yes. to imagine that's, like probably pretty rare because when I was in preschool, I wanted to skydive for a living and I've never been <laughs> nice. skydiving now w- once in my life. I don't know where I got that from, but like, okay. So you're a preschooler that wants to be a horse trainer. That's amazing. And then you're 15 when you win the Congress non-pro and the, the uh, limited non-pro fraternity, right? Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's young, right? What was that like at 15 going down that road and winning those, those big events? I mean, to me, like, and it's going to sound silly, but like, I, I had already felt like I was doing it for such a long time. Like, I was just obsessed with horses. Um, like, I'm pretty sure I pretended I was a horse for about the first 10 years of my life. You know, I galloped everywhere as I never ran. I would do patterns. I would change leads. Like, just totally obsessed with it. Um, and then I, I had showed quite a bit in the in the youth and stuff. So by the time I got to that maturity horse, like, I felt like I'd been doing it a while and it was just kind of a normal transition into what I wanted to do. Like I, at the time, I don't think I realized like how cool it was that what I had just accomplished, you know? So when you went professional, obviously you've, you've ridden, you, you've had your dad, you know, as a kid, I'm sure to kind of guide you, but as a professional, you have ridden under people like Craig Schmersel, uh, Dwayne Hicks. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anyone, but like working for under these iconic horse trainers, what was it like kind of taking your education that you had as a youth kid and growing up and then, uh, going to a different barn, obviously, you know, everybody has their own little ways of doing stuff. We're all trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel, but we all have different ways of getting there. Uh, what was it like kind of going to work for those guys and, and see how other people are running their training programs? So when I went to work for Craig, um, like it was a learning experience for sure. I think I, I brought a lot of assets to the table, but his program, his program was so different from, from my dad. So like from what I grew up with. So my dad, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know, forward motion and steering and guiding. And like at Craig's, there was a lot of collection um, and softness and stuff. So, so kind of total opposites. And it, it threw me off for a little while because basically kind of what I'd been taught was wrong and what I was learning I'd been taught was wrong. So I was kind of stuck in the middle. Um, but I like, I um, really appreciate having the opportunity to go just because it taught me so much. It taught me a whole different side of it. And some things I kept um, and used still to this day and other things, they, they weren't for me. And and that was okay. So like, it was good to see it and learn like, Hey, like I like this, but this is not for me. This isn't how I want to train horses. And then also going to an operation so big, like I learned more of the business side of it and the customers and the running and, and there's just there's just so much to it. Um, I mean, I don't remember how many horses they had exactly, but it, it would be between 70 and 80 horses. And there's just a bunch of people that work in the barn and just a whole different dynamic to everything. Oh, yeah, I can see where that's like a kind of almost a culture shock, you know, yeah, to go. Yeah, for into- sure. Yeah, that that big new world, and then you take the the leap into starting your own training barn, right? And it's like your own training program. Um, what was that like? I mean, was that daunting, or was it something? Since you knew since preschool you wanted to be a horse trainer, and you were ready to take that step. 
I don't think taking on like the running of the barn um, was super hard. Like, you know, I've, I've been helping out in the barn since I was a little kid. So like that part, that part was pretty easy. Um, and like the employees, that part was pretty simple. I, I think the biggest transition, like from Craig to, to going out on my own is I lost some confidence a little bit in myself. So there for a while, I kind of struggled um, just to kind of find myself again and find my program um, and to develop it and develop myself and trust myself and my training. Like for me, that that was kind of the, the biggest thing at that point in my in my career. So kind of going off of that, uh, obviously, you had to find yourself and in, in what you want to, you know, be your training program. Can you kind of talk a little bit about your training and your riding philosophy and and, you know, what it is that you've kind of learned that you really like to do when you're working with all those young horses or coaching non-pro riders or, you know, everything in between? Yeah, so I, I think keeping it the most simple is the best for the horses and, and riders. Um, like with my riders, I, I don't let them, I'm not going to say I don't let them, I don't have them train on their horses so much. I try really hard to find horses that fit them well and then focus on making them a better rider, whether, um, you know, it's just how they're sitting or using their hand or their timing and try to develop those skills along with some skills, training skills to, to maintain more. Um, and I, and I feel like the riders do a lot better. I think if you throw too much training stuff at them when they don't really have a feel for it or an understanding, then they can kind of get a little lost. Um, and, and maybe kind of the same thing for the young horses. So I, um, kind of like evolving from my dad's, dad's program, like forward motion and guiding is kind of key to me and, and the number one thing that, that I teach them. Um, and then like, I really focus, like I'll, I'll ask one thing out of them, you know, apply the pressure and ask one thing. And as soon as they start getting close to the right answer, I just try to take that pressure away. And for me, like, it's just amazing how fast a horse will learn. If you just ask them one thing, keep it very black and white, like, yes, this is what I want and, and give them that release. And they start to figure it out really fast. So then from there, you can kind of add a little bit more to it. Um, so like, I really like a happy horse and I like a horse that understands its job. And I feel like when they do, you know, that they, they start trying really hard for you. They understand what you want. It's, it's very black and white and they know like, oh, hey, like I do this and like life's pretty easy. Then they get to where they enjoy their, their job. And, you know, I just, I love having horses with ears up and bright eyes and just kind of craving to go to work. Uh, I love that too. And we talked to like so many different trainers and it seems like everybody kind of has like their sweet spot, their passion, you know, whether it's helping non-pros or starting two-year-olds or, you know, uh, whatever, or helping clients find the perfect horse or whatever it might be. What would you say that is for you? Like the, the thing that you really, you really love this. I think my passion is the younger horses, like two-year-old, three-year-olds. Um, they, it just amazes me how much they learn in those two years, you know, especially their three-year-old year, they learn more in that year than they ever will, will their entire life. Um, and then two-year-olds too, like they can, once you, they understand how to find that release, that they just pick things up so quick and they learn so much so fast and they can get really confident. And I think that's what inspires me the most. Like I just really enjoy training those younger horses um, and, and turning them into just solid show horses. 
Now, recently, you've been spending a lot more time in the cow horse uh, pen after years and years of doing the reining and and still doing the reining. But um, we're seeing your name pop up a lot more at the NRCHA events. Um, you 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 ride with some of the most legendary horse trainers. You've ridden some of his horses, Don Murphy. I know it has probably been a big part of your cow horse journey. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of inspired you to to you know? try the cow horse i've shown rainers and cow horses and the cow horse is so incredibly fun and exciting and adrenaline rush so i totally get why anybody would want to do it but what what kind of brought you to um maybe do more in the cow horse stuff so when i i got the job at winfield farms um and part of the deal when i went there they told me they're like hey you know we do the rainers but we really enjoy the cow horses would you be interested in learning it and I was like, absolutely. Like it was something I had seen, but I'd never had the opportunity to try, especially coming from Ohio. Cause at the time there was no cow horses there. Um, it, it was just really hard to get involved in it there. So they kind of set me up with Don Murphy and I would haul over there. I'd take some horses and haul over there and, and he would help me. Um, and, and then it just kind of evolved from there. You know, I really grew to love that sport a lot. Um, I think it fits me really well, maybe maybe even more than the rain. I don't know. I just to me there's not a better feeling or a cooler feeling than going down the fence. Like it's just amazing. And I love how much the horses love their job. You know, they like working cattle. They crave it. They understand it. And I it just it just is so neat to me. And just like based off you know the the runs that we've we've seen you make, it seems like you really come alive in the uh in the arena like to, after a cow horse run or during even it's just uh it's cool to watch you like you can just tell how much you're enjoying it and how much you love it yeah thank you it's it's so much fun and yeah and like i say it just amazes me how hard they try like they don't have to like why should they care but like they i mean they will just give their guts for you and just because they crave it and they and they want to and it's just such a neat feeling it's a neat feeling to make big runs like in the raining it's cool like it's just they're perfect and they're precise and they're doing exactly what you tell them to do but i'm not so sure that they really crave it you know they're just listening really well but in the raining like when or in the cow horse when that cow comes out you know their ears are up and their bodies intense and and they're ready like they're just ready and it's just it's just so, so such a cool feeling. I can't even hardly explain it. It's truly the coolest feeling. I have only shown a couple of times and I remember like I walked into the pen and they, that cow came out and my horse like shook his head. Like he was just like yeah. ready to go. He was like, let me at him. <laughs> it's just right? like, I, I just like gave him the rain. I was like, you do you buddy. Like I'm staying yep. out of your way because like I, they were just like, get out of his way. Let him do what he wants to do. Like this is, this is his thing. And I'm like, not used to that. Cause I came from the all around world, which is that same, you know, very precise, very either you're listening to every cue and this and that. And, and you know, then you get on a cow horse and they truly, they see that cow and they're just hooked and they're ready to go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so as you continue your cow horse journey, what are you looking forward to doing here in the future? Are you, are you looking to attend any new events? Do you have a couple of three-year-olds that you're getting ready for the snaffle bit fraternity? I do. I have two three-year-olds that I'm going to show at the snaffle bit this year. Um, I just showed them at the pre-fraternity and, and they were really good. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. They both act like they want to be show horses. So we're just kind of training and, and schooling and gearing for the snaffle bit. And that'll be my next big show. 
I mean, I know this is like a totally loaded question, um, <laughs> and it's probably not even fair to ask, but do you have like a favorite horse in your barn right now or one that you've ridden lately that you're like this one, just, I I've connected with this horse. This is my go-to horse right now. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of favorites in the barn. They're all, you know, they're all kind of different and quirky and have their, their own traits. Um, I mean, probably my most special horse this year would be looking for hot stuff. He, you know, he just did a lot for my career and gave me a lot of opportunities. And um, he's been pretty, you know, he's been pretty amazing to, to train and show. You've obviously grown up riding some really special horses. Um, and then, you know, early into your professional career, are there any horses that have stood out to you throughout the years that have kind of either changed the way that you approach riding or showing or helped you kind of move into that next level that um, kind of stick with you. I mean, I know we all have our people mentors, but I also believe that there are horses that come into our life that help us become better riders and push us to be, you know, better horsemen or women. And so I love hearing from professionals. I love hearing about their journey and working for people who are, you know, so talented and amazing, but I also love hearing about the horses that may have helped them. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a 29 year old gelding sitting in my pasture that I showed as a youth kid. Um, and he probably really wasn't that nice of a horse. He was so difficult and he threw every trick at me he could, um, in the show pen, like if they would do it or could do it, he would do it. But like, I really credit that horse to teaching me how to show, like we just, we had to work through stuff and sometimes it worked and sometimes it wouldn't, or it would work for a while and he'd switch it up on me and we'd have to do something else. And you know, he just taught me how to um, how to be smart and how to think and work through problems and handle things in the pen. Uh, so, like, that horse is pretty special to me. And like I say, he'll live here until the day he dies. Um, and then, yeah, like, I've had a bunch over the year. Like, I had a mare last year. I, I had some trouble at, Sna trouble at Snapple Bit with her. I actually didn't get her shown super well. But that mare taught me so much. And mostly because she didn't train how I like to train. So she made me, she made me learn new things and take a step back and really think about it. And she challenged me as a trainer. Um, and like, I often kind of think back to her and, and I love her for that so much just because she challenged me. And I, I think that force made me a better trainer. So like maybe we didn't get big results in the show pen, but like I learned leaps and bounds with her that I have actually carried on to a couple other horses that I have this year. Um, and then, and there's, there's been more of them over the years, you know, they're just, they all, they're all different. Like they can all teach you something if you listen. Oh, absolutely. And I, I love how like, I feel like most of us or all of us have that story of that horse that taught us so much. And it was like the horse that was the, toughest and the quirkiest yes. and the one that you were like oh my gosh you drive me crazy but I wouldn't sell you for anything <laughs> right <laughs> yep. um so you kind of you grew up you know in in the horse industry and it was like a family affair right your dad was a trainer and and you kind of just grew up that way uh how is it now are you kind of training alone is it is it a family activity still how, what does that look like for you uh it's still pretty pretty much a family activity um so like I train alone but my my husband helps me with the ranch so he I mean he's done a we kind of bought a fixer upper a couple years ago and he's done an amazing job fixing it and working on things and getting it usable and dragging the arena 
and getting hay and feed and making sure things here are taken care of. You know, if something breaks, he fixes it. Um, and then he, he also shows them the non-pro. So uh, he, I bought him a Rainer a couple years ago and he showed her. He hadn't shown in a long time. So I kind of got him back into it. He showed her and then we sold her and I, I got him a boxing horse. So he started with the cow horse this year. So he's been boxing and, and doing really well. And then my daughter is six. And, and she loves being out in the barn. She hangs out all day long. Uh, she has a little pony that she rides. And, and she's really, like, she's been a little hit or miss, like, up until this year. But, like, this year, I mean, I bet she rode every day this summer. She'd come out. You'd see her come out of the house in her jammies. She'd head straight for the pasture. She'd grab her pony and start riding until we were done. So uh, when her kid, when she goes to her school and they ask what they're going to do when they grow up and she says horse trainer, you can let her wear her spurs to school and yeah. start the whole vicious cycle <laughs> the, over the again. Whole thing again. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, obviously riding as a family, that's so incredibly special and it's, and it's so special that your daughter wants to do it. I know we've spoken to horse trainers who have kids that are involved in the industry and others who have kids that don't necessarily want to be a part of it. And that's okay because it's a very expensive sport. So you better love it if you're going to do it. Um, but you know, for, you know, having that family environment that has to be so special and so nice that you can keep those cherish those memories of everyone together can you kind of talk a little bit about having that family aspect and you know having everybody be part of the horse show and the horse industry and and just every aspect of this lifestyle yeah I'm grateful that they do want to be so involved just because you know this job's so time consuming I mean it's 24 7 we're you know like like right now I'm out there at two in the morning and we're done whenever we're done, whether it's noon or two, or, I mean, I'm going to have to go back out here in a little bit to meet the vet and, and do more. So like it's constant. And if your family doesn't love it, I feel like it would be almost impossible. So like, not only are they supportive with the workload, but just, I mean, just supportive with me and my goals and cheering me on and my, you know, there was my cheering section. And, and I, and I do think you see that a lot with the horse community. And I think it's a, a great way to grow up. Um, you meet some amazing people uh, that are, you know, hardworking and, and there for each other. And, you know, the horses teach you a ton of lessons. And it's it's pretty special, in my opinion. Okay, but I just, just to clarify, you said 2 a.m.? You're in the barn at yes. two, 2 in the morning? Two, 2 in the morning, yes. <laughs> she's working cattle. Of course she's up at 2 a.m., Devin. 2 a.m. commitment, though. I mean, <laughs> that's commitment. Yes. 4 a.m. I can do. 2 a.m. I don't know if I want to see that anytime soon, but that's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so uh, it's just been great to hear your story and where you started and where you're at is just amazing. And the fact that you knew this is what you wanted to do all along and here you are doing it. That's so cool. Um, to wrap up, what's next for you in terms of events and where you're going down the road and then where can people kind of follow along with your journey like online do you have social media where they can follow you and see what you're up to yeah i do have social media um so you know on facebook instagram uh everything pretty much have facebook have a website abby mixing performance horses um and we have we have a couple smaller shows coming up and then you know we're just kind of gearing up for snaffle bit that'll be our next big one um, and then, you know, probably primarily cow horse stuff. There will still be some rainings next year, but you know, my barn's mostly full of cow horses right now. So not a bad problem to have. 
No, not at all. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and talking with us. Uh, Obviously, you have a busy day. You have vets and horses to ride and and sleep to catch up on probably because you've been up since two in the morning. But we really appreciate you coming on here and talking with us. And I'm sure uh, we will see more from you very soon. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by Horse Week. Visit Horse Week TV for more information or to watch your favorite features from 2022 and 2021. Thank you guys for tuning into The Ride Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Horse and Rider Magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com to see all the cool things that we're up to. And if you have any comments or questions, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at equinenetwork.com. We want to hear from you guys. And if you like what you're listening to, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.